How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello and welcome back into another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colton Molesky. I'm joined by producer Nico. We have got a win to talk about. It only happens a couple of times a year for the Texans, so we've got to enjoy it now that it is here. A winning weekend of football for the Texans. We're going to get to the, of course, love it and leave it segment. We're going to get into the game, talk a little bit about weather that impacted seemingly every single game across the slate this weekend. Before all that, though, we are recording on Christmas Day. I would be remiss if I did not wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Weekend. Nico, sounds like you got to hang out with some family. I, the most important thing that I can ask you, above all else, what's the best thing that you ate this weekend? Oh, man. Uh, well, I had a we had a nice Christmas turkey. Uh, I know that this is usually the Thanksgiving bird, but we had extras, so we, we cooked one up. It was actually phenomenal, way better than the one we actually cooked for Thanksgiving, so a little counterintuitive, but we got there. Hey, there are no rules when it comes to good food. It's just about enjoying the feast, right? That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Dude, where, where are the fixins when you have Thanksgiving turkey? Uh, or, excuse me, Christmas turkey. Yeah, Christmas, Christmas turkey. turkey. Well, I mean, it's almost exactly the same thing. Mashed potatoes, green bean casserole. We had like a little sweet potato dish. We had a nice, a nice decent spread. I love it. I love it. You know, I was I was working all weekend at my my primary job, but my family we always did uh Christmas uh we did Christmas or New Year's when we weren't with a big family gathering, we would always do Christmas Chinese food. So I kept that going. I went to a little local spot here in Madison and I grabbed some Chinese food. It was it was delicious, some chicken fried rice, some uh some uh sweet and sour short rib all that kind of stuff it was it was really good so you know what unconventional food uh is still awesome if it's done up right so good to hear that you had some good eating and i tell you what texans <laughs> texans ate up the the titans this weekend as well broke a nine game losing streak to go to two and 12 beat the tennessee titans Four, or excuse me, 19 to 14 in Tennessee, making a divisional race that nobody cares about. All of a sudden, very interesting at the end of the year. Before we get into the game, though, this game started an hour late. It was one of many games impacted by the winter storms hitting basically every state in the U.S. You had uh, the Miami game on Christmas Day. There was snow falling when they played the Packers, uh, you had the Bears-Bills game where nobody could kick anything because the wind was so strong. It felt like anything that was played outdoors was impacted by the storm. And you had these power outages as well for the, the Titans and Texans to delay this one an hour. But when you get into the game, 
I got to be honest, nothing looked pretty. You had Davis Mills finishing for 178 yards, a touchdown inter interception. By the way, he was dying to give the ball away, dying to give the ball away in this one. But we'll get to that in a second. You had the running attack that rushed for 2.3 yards per attempt. Royce Freeman leading the charge for them. It's clear that without Damian Pierce, they can simply not run the ball. You didn't have a receiver with over 50 yards receiving in this game for the Texans. Despite all of that, though, despite everything that didn't look pretty on offense, they're able to find 19 points and grab a win. The defense taking advantage of just how bad Malik Willis has looked in this Tennessee offense and surviving on letting Derrick Henry get 126 yards but not letting that break them like it did the first time they played Tennessee which also had Malik Willis starting in that game they didn't let Derrick Henry absolutely control every aspect of this game though as it felt in that first matchup that they had a few weeks ago and end up grabbing a win in this one uh, so a couple of things as we dive into this game you have the start where these two trading punts and then trading touchdowns. And then the Texans go up 10 to 7 before the half. They're going back and forth, punting before the half. And really, it was, it felt like a very stereotypical Texans game where they are just dying not to make the big mistake, play, trying to play within themselves, not overextend, and just kind of hang around a team. Then coming out of this game, you have the touchdown right away for the Titans after the Texans turn the ball over on downs. And then you have the interception from Davis Mills right off the bat from that touchdown. And it felt like that was when the game was going to flip on its head, right? You have the Titans taking the lead, and then you have the Texans giving the ball away. All of a sudden, the Titans turn the ball over on downs when they're on the Texans' side of the ball. And that really felt like that was the flip in this game more than even the touchdown interception back-to-back -back drives for the Texans. It felt like the, the game actually flipped for the Texans instead of for the Titans when they were able to turn them away after the interception. And again, you have that stalemate. And all of a sudden, a Derrick Henry fumble leads to a field goal Titan. The Texans are right back in this game. And then you have the the quick drive from the Texans late in this one. Five plays, 73 yards for the touchdown. That would eventually seal it. And then a few interceptions from the, the Titans to close this game out and seal the win for the Texans. I want to get to how this impacts the division because the look at what the division looks like is actually kind of kind of hilarious going away from this game and we'll get to that a little later but first off Nico you have a interception you have two fumbles that were recovered by the offense but two fumbles from Davis Mills he wasn't doing a ton he didn't he threw for under 200 yards uh, it really felt like he was kind of extending plays and trying to make stuff happen and that actually ended up almost hurting them more if they lose those fumbles this is a totally different game obviously but they were able to stay on top of those and he was pushing Mills was pushing the ball down the field you have some nice long completions to Philip Dorsett Jordan Aikens Amari Rogers Brandon Cooks who made his return back in this one again I want to get to Brandon Cooks as well in a second I uh, but you had nice long completions to them at times 
20 yards, 30 yards, 37 yards, 16 yards to Cooks. Uh, so despite how mediocre this offense looked pretty much the entire game uh, outside of a few drives and how Davis Mills really, it was kind of shaky throughout the day. They were able to stretch the field at, at opportune times and keep the defense honest and take advantage in a couple of key spots on some long drives and get some touchdowns. And it's something that you really didn't see that first game against the Titans. They really, the running game and the, the rock fight that that was that first game was end up controlling the game. So Nico, was this a good performance from Mills despite everything to a, to be able to kind of game manage his way to a win? Uh, I think he tried everything in his power to lose this game. Uh, <laughs> he really, he really did try. Like I used to make the joke that like he fumbled at least once a game. Like that was just his, his like secret ingredient. He's like, I'll just throw it to the other team. They'll never expect it. Um, but yeah, this game was honestly like not like he's doing exactly what he was supposed to do at the beginning of the season. Um, but he's doing it now. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> Like we're we're seventeen weeks in, are we really like, man, we're really killing this week one performance, guys. I, I well, and I know that there's nothing that he could do in these last few weeks to solidify himself as the guy next year at quarterback. It is interesting though how he plays these next few weeks. He could probably be playing for a backup job on the Texans going forward, which is a a, a small piece of, of this. Texans team going forward it does turn out that if you have a really good receiver and it for the the trouble off the field and some of the injury stuff that has happened around Brandon Cooks he still is a good receiver and it is you can see his uh, impact immediately how defenses play a little different stuff is going to open up a little bit more again we talked about how mediocre this Tennessee Titans defense has been in several categories in several categories throughout the season so it's not like they went out there and they put, put they were able to grab some nice long drives against the the buffalo bills but it, it does make a difference having brand cooks in there and you saw a little bit of it this game but again it was a very if an entire offense could envelop the title of game manager i feel like this houston texans team did that for this game they just enveloped embodied the game manager persona outside of their quarterback, but to the entire offense. It, they were playing as game managers and just trying to manage this game to a victory. And to their credit, I mean, Malik Willis has struggled mightily as the starter filling in for Ryan Tannehill and in his injuries this season. And so, you know, if you can just not let Derrick Henry break you in this game, which to Derrick Henry's credit, he has done many times to the Texans, but if you can just not let Derrick Henry break you, you can stay in this game because of the poor performance from the opposing quarterback. And that's kind of exactly what happened, Nico. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think that all we had to do was not lose this game, and they did a great job. I, I think this was really more of, I think, the defense's big shining moment. I feel like they kind of just carried this team on their back. Um, and really just such a shocking difference. And you could, like, literally, I said this a couple weeks ago, 
But this you can you're literally watching this defense grow in real time. Well, and they I mean as far as the game plan is concerned too, I mean and Derrick Henry still got his with 126 yards and a touchdown, but they did load better than the 300 he did the first time around. <laughs> exactly. A, a huge a huge upgrade from last game uh, somehow. Uh, but they did load up up front, ended with four sacks, eight tackles for loss, and five quarterback hits. So they did load up up front and really try and make uh, Willis be- beat you, which wasn't going to happen, especially with the with uh, with the way he's performed. You, you knew that that really wasn't going to happen unless he did a lot of growing up in the the pregame a- extra hour that they got before this game. That w- wasn't going to happen and. And so they did a, a great job there, defensively able to get those turn turnaways to or turnovers, excuse me. But also the turnaways able to force so many punts, uh, not letting Tennessee grind out long drives was a really great job by the defense. Getting the the fumble from Derrick Henry, I mean, making Derrick Henry fumble is always a, a, a big win too. And then you had Jalen Petrie kind of. Uh, sealing this game off at the end, but really he he felt like he was everywhere in this game too. Nine tackles, uh, pass defended, and so just a a great performance from the defense paired with just enough from the offense. That's the recipe for success for this Texans team. Honestly, got them a win today, and they move to two and twelve, uh, and they're still able. Don't worry, Nico. They're still able to hold on to that number one draft pick as well number one overall draft pick they have a half game up on the on the Chicago Bears which is also important Uh, but I do think as meaningless maybe as another win feels when you're a two and 12 team I'm sure it helps the coaching staff to have some of the stuff that you're preaching in film sessions or in practices actually play itself out and work and lead to a victory in in an actual game and and not have just a mor- moral victories that you're picking up on film. I feel like that does go a long way in the the morale of a young team. Oh yeah, this is definitely the the fruits of your labor kind of moment where it's like finally. <laughs> absolutely. A- absolutely. The one thing I would say is I don't know. How, how do you feel about the Texans uh, going 30 for 70 on carries and yards in the rushing game? It's really, it is really quite amazing just how big of a difference having Damian Pierce is there. And I think that really, that really shows how lacking the offensive line play is when you don't have a running back who's creating his own blocks, AKA forcing missed tackles. Damian Pierce is one of the better running backs in the league in missed tackles and forcing missed tackles. And that really shows up when you literally can't get any sort of traction from anyone else on the ground. And to have the the guy with 16 carries averaging two yards a carry, I mean, it's not great to have a running back averaging three yards a carry. You really want them over that three-yard mark. And so to have him at two, I think it kind of speaks volumes about the offensive line Watching this team without Damian Pierce, it's, I mean, it was apparent before, right? We all knew 
the the problems with depth, the problems with youth, the problems just uh, with talent on the offensive line, putting more pieces by Laramie Tunsil. But with Damian Pierce out, it really becomes even that much more apparent how after quarterback, it feels like offensive line is the, the next thing you have to address in the draft. And one of these games is a great reminder of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We've been talking about this forever, about how this has been a really big sore point for this franchise. We've Our offensive line is just bad. It hasn't been good in years. So it's hard to be like, oh, man, if only we had a quarterback. It's like, and then not have them immediately implode. <laughs> exactly. And, again, like you're saying, it's it's one of those things that Texans fans know, but it also bears repeating when you see a performance like this. Damian Pierce definitely covering up some some major sores on the the offensive line and the offensive line play. Uh, let's uh, let's turn to uh, a couple of our segments. Player of the game, love it and leave it. Before we take a look at the division, before we do all that, however, let's get to a few sponsors. Okay, everybody, let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. And we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, in the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The adventure begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. It's time to trade in your face masks for masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities. For everybody, go check them out. 11260 Hempstead Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Welcome back, and we're reveling in the Christmas miracle that is a Texans win. They are few and far between on the season, snapping a nine-game losing streak. They take down the Titans 19-14. The Titans are feeling generous and hand the Texans a win. Whichever way you want to look at it, it's a W in the win column. Let's get to a couple of our segments. First thing. Let's get to our player of the game. This usually goes to a Texans player, but I feel like in a Texans win, the player of this game for the Texans was Malik Willis. Yeah, great job, <laughs> he Malik. He finished with really... 99 yards. Let's go. Two interceptions. Let's go. Four sacks. Let's go. 
Has, <laughs> this is this is the guy that the Texans should be thanking at, after the game, no? I mean, we we he, our defense did, did their job and he did his. He he made sure to throw those interceptions real well. It feels like and again, I know that we assigned the entire Texans offense the title game manager after this game, but it feels like all you have to do if you've got Derrick Henry in the backfield, all you have to do is hit what? Two relatively deep passes to keep the defense somewhat honest. But other than that, it's turn around, hand the ball, and then maybe hit some slants. I, I Again, I'm not saying that I could go in there and do that. Obviously, I cannot. Obviously, I cannot. If the Denver Broncos uh, the other year when COVID hit their quarterback room and put in Kevin Hamler, if that taught us anything, I, I the regular Joe cannot go in and complete an NFL pass, right? But this is a, a quarterback in Malik Wills who played sensational football at Liberty uh, and was somebody who had some buzz coming into the the draft. You think that he would be able to manage relatively well a game where you have one of the top level running backs in the NFL in Derrick Henry and a game plan that is conducive to Derrick Henry's play style. And yet they they punted over and over again in this game. They could not pull away from this team. And then when it came down to crunch time, when it came down to we need a drive, he throws two interceptions. And I get the last one was a bit of a heave. But still, you throw two interceptions in that game, and it's only a five-point contest. The the game ball should – if the Texans are handing out game balls, they got to hand out one to Malik Willis. Yeah, we'll send him a fruit basket later, uh, edible arrangement, you know, the kind of deal. Exactly. So some nice, uh, some nice chocolates, some fruits, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it, make it nice, you know. Make it nice for the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really, he really put in the effort <laughs> to make sure that we won that game. You know, we appreciate it. All right, let's get to love it and leave it. I'm not going to go with the over obvious one of a win for what I love this week. That's too obvious. That's too obvious. Oh, that was mine. This <laughs> too obvious. Too obvious. For love it, I'm going to go with a running back having a good game and not breaking the team's mental capacity to stay in the game. Derrick Henry, again, 23 carries. I know he had the, the, the fumble, but 23 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. By the way, too, he was targeted on two passes. So they were trying to get – he had two receptions for a net total of zero yards. They were trying to get him in the screen game. They stayed on top of that as well. Didn't let a, a screen go for big yards uh, via Derrick Henry, which we've seen him do this season as well. But just having a, a running back have a good day – and well, actually, this is a pretty great day for most running backs. This is a good day for Derrick Henry against the Texans. And not letting that absolutely destroy – Houston is something that has not happened a ton this year, but you love to see it. And I, I absolutely love seeing Houston not get broken. It kind of felt like they were primed after the long Derrick Henry touchdown in the first half. It felt primed for one of those moments of, Oh boy, here he goes. He's going to have another 200 yard day against the Texans. Yeah. Here's where he's, he's going to score 12 more times. This is the beginning of the end, but we, we, we pulled it out of there. <laughs> You know what they did? They let him eat but not feast. True. 
That is an apt way of putting it. And that's, it. I think, the best encapsulation of how to describe that performance for Derrick Henry against the Texans. Leave it. Could we not fumble the ball three times in a game? Uh, I mean, eh, you get one, maybe two fumbles now. Is it, po- is it possible not to fumble the ball three, ten, twelve, a billion times? There's two fumbles in this game, uh, three total turnovers for the Texans, two fumbles by Davis Mills, and it – and I, I, maybe maybe it's just sour grapes coming off the heels of going to overtime with KC and then fumbling that game away, literally. But it'd be great if every time a quarterback shifts even a little bit in the pocket or out of the pocket that you weren't just just slowly reaching to the remote to turn off the TV. Oh boy, I know what happens here. It's gonna. <laughs> I know what. I know what the next move is. It's gonna be. It's just gonna yeah, be over. Gonna break my heart again. Here it's, they come. It's gonna be over. <laughs> it'd be nice not to to fear for the life of the football every time the quarterback decides to move his feet even a little bit and so if it'd be awesome to leave the fumbling issues and again i know that they recover both of davis mills fumbles uh, but it'd be nice to leave the the fumbling woes in can we leave it in in this year at least we're probably not gonna get out of 2022 yeah just i don't know just just start cheating, deflate the ball or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. He needs try doing the Teddy two gloves. Wear two gloves if it's if it's that much of an issue. Just <laughs> yeah. do something, please. Keep the, keep the balls. Your one job. You're the pro- either keep it in your hands or put it down the field. Those are your two options. You're doing neither it's honestly well. Honestly, to the point where you would almost want him to just like you know what? If you go out of the pocket, I know you're not a burn. You're not Justin Fields or anything close to that. But just run. Just, don't try and throw it because it's just going to be a fumble. Just run, just run with it, please. <laughs> just, just get in there. I don't need you to. I don't need you to to run three hundred yards. I just need you to like run seven. Just get out of there. Just pull forward one yard. Anything that's not going to have the ball while you're running out in a throwing position, tuck it away. Tuck it away. Just run. Don't. <laughs> you're just gonna fumble. It. It's fine. Please. They feel bad. They feel bad when they hit you. Just let them. Just let them hit you. <laughs> just, just run it. That's why I would like to leave. In this week, before we head out here, I did want to talk about the playoff race for the AFC South. Again, this is the playoff race that nobody is locked into. Nobody. This is far from the the Cowboys and Eagles racing for the top of the NFC East. The AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans sit atop the AFC South at seven and eight, both of their records. Uh, Let's go, baby. It goes into a tie after the Titans lose to the Texans. Now the Texans play the Jaguars in Houston. So this is this could be an interesting flip for the Jaguars because they could grab a win this week and take the lead in the division potentially, depending on how the Titans perform. I know that it would be funny if the Texans won again. And the Jaguars. Yeah, like, what if we just win the rest of the season and we're like, man, that was the worthless twin streak one well, day? Well, it would just be hilarious to have the Jaguars and the Titans unable to, like, find an eighth win to win the division. It would. I just hope that, it, you know, if we win all the games from here, it means that no team would have beaten us twice, which means we're getting better. <laughs> That's true. But I also, I don't know. I don't know if I can see the. 
the Chicago Bears winning two more times. So they would lose that number one pick, which does not feel super great. Although the Bears are not going to draft a quarterback. So if you slide from one to two, yeah, so we, we still might be safe. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, I don't think. Because I don't think that the the J the the Bears are drafting a quarterback. I, I'm pretty sure you can lock that one in. So it wouldn't be the end of the world. But Nico, do you want the Texans to win any more games, or do you just say just grab the number one pick? It's fine. Uh, the only the only reason I would ever want them to win is so that they feel better about themselves. I don't need them to win. I, as a fan, understand the struggles, and also I want the number one pick. So, like, I don't need them to win, but if they need to win to keep their heads on, I'm all for it. Well, again, if you slide to two and the J and the excuse me and the the Bears, wow, I am just uh, stuttering. <laughs> wow, let's try this again. If you slide to two, Chicago goes to one. I don't think that's breaking your draft board by any means. I think it's more interesting just the hilarity of the – I mean, cue the, the circus clown car music of trying to figure out who's going to take the AFC South title between the Jaguars and, and the Titans. That said, I think it would be even better for the – for the Texans, I, I don't know. How, how would you rate rate the wins? Would, would, would it be sweeter for the, the Texans to end the season on a win and beat the Colts? Oh, that's what I mean. Put their season in the ground uh, at, at the end of the year? Exactly. Just end, just end everyone's season simultaneously. Like, just beat the entire South again. Like, you lost to it the first time. You tied the Colts. So now you got to beat the Colts and then beat everyone else. And then be like, see, I told you. <laughs> And then we're set up, and then we're set up, we're golden. We're golden. But, like, if, I mean, I just want it to happen because I want that. We should have won the first time. <laughs> like, this is a team we should have beaten, and now it's worse. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, the Colts game is, the Colts game is definitely going to be right there for them. I do want, I'm looking up the, the schedules right now because I do want to see who the Titans play next week. I, I just want to see who the Titans play next week to see uh, – okay, so the Titans play the Cowboys. That's a very losable game for the Titans, for 100%. sure, even though they're at home. Uh, so, the potentially, the AFC South division could still be a tie after next week at 7-9 apiece if the Texans and the Cowboys win their games, which would be hilarious. It would be hilarious – for the AFC South. Actually, it would be so fitting for the AFC South to come down to week 18 of the season and winning eight games not only wins the the division, but if Tennessee wins it, they would be winning the vi- division with eight games and breaking a, a, a multiple-game losing streak to claim the division. But, yeah, either one of those teams claiming it off eight eight games alone would I think be a very good representation of the AFC South. Oh, hundred percent. Like this is no one. No, the fact that literally zero teams have a winning record is just incredible. It just goes to show you the caliber of football we're playing here in the South. You also texted uh, a group text thread that we have 
for Battle Red Radio, you texted the the note that both Southern divisions for the AFC and NFC, not one winning record amongst any of the eight teams, which is which is pretty hilarious that eight teams could have losing records and two of those teams are going to grab playoff spots. It'd be even funnier if one of them appeared in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Not that it's likely. It'd just be comedy. There would have to be just just rampant just rampant flu cases in multiple locker rooms to get either one of these sorry divisions a representation in, in the Super Bowl. I, don't, sure. I only need like six miracles. That's not that many to ask for. I don't even know if that would do it. <laughs> yeah, the miracles being the entire it. game of football. It'd be, it'd be an hour-long miracle. But Is there a division race that you care about less than these two which, which one is worse which one is worse of these divisions to watch go down to the wire is it trying to figure out if the panthers can actually somehow grab a division title despite everything that happened to that team or is it the titans and the jaguars figuring out which team is going to look like a successful football franchise for more than two weeks in a row uh, I'm definitely giving it to the Titans and the Jaguars. It's like it's like rats fighting for who's going to be king of the garbage. It's awesome. Like you see that on the side of the road, you're like, "That's incredible!" It's like I'm watching National Nature. Geographic. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Uh, this is this is what this podcast has become: just dunking on the AFC South for a few minutes every single week. That's. That's what we're here for. That's the content that we provide here at Battle Red Radio. I don't know what else you'd want. All facts, no cap. That's what we're about. Just giving you some some cold, hard reality. But hey, you know what? That's the division race we are we are given. So that's the one we're gonna we're gonna roll with to finish out the season. Lots of fun celebrating a win over Christmas, and you know what? Win or lose, it's gonna be an entertaining game. On Sunday, Jacksonville versus Houston. We're going to be previewing that game and all sorts of stuff throughout the rest of the week. We're going to also start taking a look at some draft stuff as well. That's all coming throughout the week. Make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast so that you're getting all the recent and the best information and segments and all that good stuff on the Texans. So make sure you're subscribing to the podcast wherever you find it. Thank you so much for listening again. Merry Christmas. Happy holiday weekend to all of our listeners. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for continuing to tune in. He's producer Nico. I'm Colt Molesky, and this has been another episode of Battle Red Radio. <laughs>